What's up, guys? It's uh, Adam and Javin. We're doing a podcast talking about the Giants game, talking about the win over the Cowboys. We're going to be talking about the Eagles versus the football team and Doug Peterson's decision to at the end of the game, very controversial decision. And we're going to be talking about a little bit about uh, the Giants offseason and where we think this team is going and the direction they're heading. But first, let me introduce you to my good friend, Javin. Say what's up, Javin. Hello. Hello, everybody. Yeah. So, Javin, let's start with the Giants and Cowboy game. Because that's where it all started. That's where it all started. I think a key we should focus on first is the defense. Because I think the defense really carried us this game. So, we could talk about... Let's talk about Leonard Williams. Because Leonard Williams had a monster game. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, Andy Dalton got sacked six times mm. the game, and Leonard Williams was responsible for half of them. Yeah, he which was. Which is, uh, I mean, pretty fucking amazing. <laughs> he was amazing. And he didn't get a sack on this play, but he was responsible for the McKinney touchdown at the end, the pick, I mean. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. So he was uh, phenomenal. But the defense as a whole played great. I thought. Leonard Williams played great. I thought Bradbury mm-hmm. played great. I thought Blake played great. And I even thought some McKinney, Love, who played outside for the first time or second time this season, thought they all played great. I thought Patrick Graham called a brilliant game. And as a whole, I thought they played great. I mean, Andy Dalton, if it wasn't for his legs, he, he couldn't do anything. He looked confused the whole game. Yeah. There's a lot, a lot of pressure coming to him the whole game, which was good to see. And you know, let up some, uh, let up some passes, like some passes that you think it's like, damn. You know, it's like maybe you know, maybe we gotta lock this shit up. But I mean, mm. the offense only scored six points without the kicker. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, like if uh, one touchdown, the defense only yeah. gave up one touchdown, which is Zuerlein. If he wasn't in the game, <laughs> it's a completely different game. He had he, what was it a sixty yarder? Oh, I forgot. It was fifty something, I think, almost sixty. He had a freaking, I think it was fifty. I have to check, but fifty-seven, fifty-five, something like that. Uh, fifty-seven. Lord. Yeah, fifty-seven. Yeah. yeah. If he didn't hit, he's got a fucking bionic leg. <laughs> yeah, but the defense, uh, I thought, played amazing. I thought the pressure they were getting, and the actually the pre looks that they were disguising was amazing because mm-hmm. there was times they don't call and hike and. He didn't know what the heck he was looking at. You could tell. <laughs> he called hike and he doesn't know what the Giants are doing. And you've seen it with some of the throws. Some of the throws were way overthrown or he just had to throw it away. A lot of scrambling. You know, he didn't know what the heck was going on. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, What is it? Um, Shit, I was going to say something. I forgot. Let me... Well, I mean, let's talk about Patrick Graham. I mean... You know, he, he was with the Giants before, right? Mm. Defensive line coach. Mm. And then we brought him back in. And, I mean, a big part of our win streak, like, towards the end of the season when we got hot, was, I mean, the defense. The defense played spectacular the, the end of the season when we didn't, like, run them into the ground some of the games. Mm. Defense played absolutely spectacular. I mean, I don't remember 
I mean, it's been a long time since the Giants have been good, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's been a while since I've seen some good defense. And, yeah. uh, you know, our defense definitely probably that picked it up, stepped up. Mm-hmm. Probably that 2016 team was probably a lot of defense uh, that was yeah. good. And that was, what was it, the the no-fly zone we had? Yeah, yeah, something like and that. And Landon Collins and Jack Rabbit. Yeah. So. I, was, I like that. I like that defense, too. It wasn't sustainable, but it was good that year. <laughs> You know, and then we went on the boat, and then whatever happened. All right, let's get back on track a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about Zeke. 14 carries, 42 rushing yards, one touchdown, which was, for Zeke, that's nothing. I mean, I thought they did a great job uh, run defense Oh, yeah, it's stuffing him? Yeah, they yeah, did for it. sure. If it wasn't for Andy Dalton, who was the lead rusher in this game, they they couldn't get anything on the ground. You can never, you can never doubt Vanilla Vic. <laughs> that's, yeah, it's Vanilla Vic. said that. But, I mean, yeah, three yards per carry for fucking Ezekiel Elliott. He, he was shut out. But he ended up getting hurt, right? Yeah. I think he didn't. That, that, was, that was very weird, the whole situation. Because I think it was, like, the first play of the game. He, he His leg is hurting. takes himself out. Right? Mm-hmm. They put him Pollard. Then he comes back into the game. And before they even have a chance to, uh, to call hike, he, he takes himself out again. <laughs> it was weird. He didn't really get, he didn't really didn't get to see the ball until the second half. Yeah, I thought that was a very, very weird. You know, I, yeah, for sure. I think especially the week week seventeen, you know, division on the line. You think you, you know, might want, might may want to play through it, but you know. I mean, you never know what someone's going through. You know. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, shit like that can shorten your career when you just force yourself to play an injury and shit like that. Yeah. Especially for a running back, mm. when the you know, if you're not Frank Gore and Adrian Peterson, you're probably playing mm. only like. Six good years, maybe. No shot to We're Zeke, stuck. yeah, but I just thought the whole situation was where he came in, then left, they came back in, they took himself out. I thought that was... Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. that was a little weird. That was, it benefited the, the Giants. I mean, I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, what did Tony Pollard do? He had five carries, 15 yards. That's nothing. I mean, three yards per carry. Yeah, that was nothing. There. Like I said, Andy Dalton, seven yards, 6.9 yards per carry. That guy was unstoppable <laughs> on the ground. Yeah, it, it's similar to what we had a verse against Lamar and, and Kyle Murray and stuff. Yeah, Andy Don <laughs> Andy Don's uh, not like those guys. But it's just oh it, yeah, it seems that the run the quarterback seems to to run a lot against us. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know what the, what's the what's the reason for that. If I'm being honest, I don't know either. I mean, probably. Not sealing the edges good. I don't know. Maybe it's a scheme thing. Maybe they, you know. Yeah. Probably a scheme thing. Yeah, for sure. Oh, you want to talk about the offense? Uh, for the Giants? We can talk about the offense. But final no on the defense. Played great. Played great the whole year. Mm-hmm. Really carried us this, this year. Absolutely. Leonard Williams, 11 and, a half, 11 and a half sacks this year to finish it. Yeah. Um, 11 and a half. Sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. Monster year. We, I hope Giants need to bring him back. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that, he played really, really good. I think that might be priority number one this offseason, bringing Leo back. Mm-hmm. They locked up Ryan. Yeah, I see that. yeah, they locked up Ryan already. Got, they got to make a decision on Leo. Got to make a decision on Thomason. But I think no question, Thomas, uh, Leonard Williams is a top priority this offseason, number one. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I mean, he always pressuring, always doing something. You know, you love to see that. Yeah. Definitely made that trade. Uh, Look a lot better now, a year later, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, let's start, let's go into the offense a little bit. Yep. Let's start with. I mean, uh, yeah, you want to start? Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Danny Jones. 
I think we both agree Daniel Jones played pretty good, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he had a rough season. Hmm. Can't, without a doubt. You know, he had some hard games. But, I mean, I think when it really mattered, he stepped up. He did what he had to do. And, I mean, we got the win. So, I mean, can't can't fault Daniel Jones for that. And he was playing a little injured, you know. Yeah. The hamstring yeah. was still bothering him a little bit. Listen, I thought he was he was really making some uh, he was re- making some incredible throws. He really was. He was putting stuff in very tight windows. The the pocket was okay. You know, he he had he had time to throw, but it wasn't perfect. But he I thought he was putting he was putting balls in people's hands and even if the receivers didn't want to catch it, they couldn't like the Pettis touchdown goes yeah. right through his hands, hits him in the face, and he catches that it. Ridiculous. Yeah. So even if Pettis didn't even had no intention of catching that, I don't think he had a choice. That's how perfect the throw mm-hmm. Danny Jones was making today. I think there were some throws that were uh, a little under, mm-hmm. under. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, what do you have? Sixty-eight percent completion, right? Mm-hmm. Fucking. Uh, two hundred and twenty-nine uh, yards. Yep. Two touchdowns. Seventeen for twenty-five. And a pick that was obviously Danny Jones's fault, right? Yeah. I mean, who, whose else fault could it be? Uh, definitely wasn't our Pro Bowl tight end's fault. No, way. no, absolutely can't can't be having anything. But I thought, yeah, I thought I thought Daniel Jones showed some real toughness this game, some real grit. You know, very Eli esque on his birthday, no less. You know, I mean, you know, that's always been the thing since he got drafted, right? It's like this is literally Eli Manning. Yeah, a little Eli every every time. Mm-hmm. He's always gonna get compared to Eli. That just. No stopping the comparison, you know. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, if he's uh, if he's coming up when we need him to come up in games that are important for us, like that, mm. I mean, fuck it. Yeah, that's not a bad comparison to make. That's a yeah, that's a good note. Yeah. Let's talk about Shepard. I thought, yeah, I thought Sterling Shepard had the second best game on offense behind Daniel Jones. I mean, Sterling Shepard played amazing. I mean, eight catches, hundred. 12 yards, two touchdowns, one rushing, one receiving. I, listen, some fans are a little on the fence about Shepard. Some people think they're overrated. I, I think those fans are crazy. I love, love Sterling Shepard. I mean, this guy is a real game. He, he really is. I mean, big game, and he's been dealing with some injuries himself this year. And he's going out there, getting separations, running routes. The routes he was running was amazing. You know, the, the Cowboy defense couldn't really stop him at all. I thought he, he was, you know, mm. he did what he had to do. Yeah. I thought I thought Shepard played a real game. I my respect for Shepard is so high. I, I love that guy, man. He's a definition of a gamer for real. He's been he's been really good ever since we got him. Yeah. And you could I've I've always I've always liked him. And he, he, you could tell that's Daniel Jones' favorite target. I mean it feels like Yeah, I mean I thought it was I thought it was Slayton for a little while, but I mean he was been quite quiet the last couple of games. He's been quiet. For majority of the season, to be honest, kind of. Uh, I mean, he's our he's our leading receiver this year. Yeah, but I think, I think he, you he goes games and drives and he's he's like non-existent. Slayton. No, I still really like Slayton. I'm very uh, yeah, very high sure. on Slayton. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But I think it was just uh, when you look at Shepard, it's just the guys, he's just always good, you know. And he has that real. He has a great connection. Uh, DJ. We could talk about. Let's talk about the running backs, or specifically Gallman. All right, I'm gonna be honest. Mm. There are points in this game 
where I definitely thought that people on the Giants were betting on the Dallas Cowboys to win. <laughs> he thought Gallman was one of them? I thought Gallman and Evan Ingram were, like, in the fix for Dallas to win the game. Because holy shit. I mean... Evan Ingram's all-pro fucking volleyball play, mm. and then Wayne Goldman, I don't know what that fumble was. I actually have no idea. Wait, which fumble, though? He had two. At the one at the end. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Where he's fucking running. He gets past the person, and instead of just, I mean, because he has the first down. Mm. Game's right? over. Gets the first down. Which is, I, I mean, I guess it's hard to see in the actual game compared to the TV, because the TV have a fucking big yellow line. Mm. But, I mean, he just drops it out of nowhere. And then sits on it, and somehow he comes up with the ball, which is the craziest part to me. But I swear to God, for five minutes, when I was watching them try to figure out whose ball it was, I I, I knew somewhere in my heart Wayne Goldman put money on Dallas Cowboys to win. I think all Giant, I think all Giants fans, for five minutes, ten minutes, whatever it was, every Giant fan wanted to kill Wayne Goldman, man. They wanted to kill him, man. The first fumble was pretty bad on its own, second drive. Gave, gave, uh, Cowboys a field goal, and the se- the the second fumble was just you just can't make this stuff up for the Giants, you know. <laughs> Gets the first down, you know. It's their defense knows they're running it. The Giants know they're running it. We get the first down. All you have to do is go down, and the game's over. And somehow the ball pops up. He lands on it on his butt, and. And for a minute, we all thought the Cowboys got it because, you know, the Cowboys, they jump up and down, pointing, we got it, we got it, we got it. Yeah, they were going insane. And then the one one official says Giants got it, and another official says Cowboys got it. And you're just like, oh, my God, are the Giants really going to lose? But, you know, hopefully, thankfully, he somehow got the ball in that pile. I don't know. I don't know what the hell happened in that pile, but he ended up with it. Yeah, I mean, I, I wish you could get, like, a – like like some kind of camera in there to see all the shit that goes on somehow. Yeah. I need to, I need to see how the fuck Goldman got because he was like on his ass, sitting on the bull, mm. and then like five people jump on him. I thought like he broke his neck or some <laughs> shit, and then somehow in the replay they're showing him with the ball on the ground, fucking hugging it. I, I don't know how. Yeah. That, that, I I wish I could see it. Let's just be thankful that he ended up with it. Yeah. Thank Christ. Yeah. All right. Now let's go to the most controversial player on the Giants right now. Would you agree on Evan Ingram? I mean, yeah, nobody comes close. I mean, the guy is full of talent, super talented guy. But it's every week with these deflections that yeah, he it's right in his hands. And it's not the fact that he doesn't catch it. Because I think if he didn't catch it, it, would, it wouldn't be as maddening. But it's the fact that when it goes off his hands, it always ends up in the air. And when it ends up in the air, it ends up in the DB's hands. And it just—it's so maddening to see that every mm. week, you know. Without a doubt, I mean, six, six of Daniel Jones's intos this year has come from a pass directed towards uh, Evan Ingram and off his hands and up in the air, and six in one season. Yeah, I mean, I don't understand why it goes up in the air every single time. I really don't no. get it. All right, let's let's do a little prediction right now. Yes or no? Right? Yeah. Okay. Is Evan Ingram a giant next season? Yes or no? Uh, yeah, I'd have to say so. You think so? I think, I mean, because if you look at his stats, it doesn't look bad. Mm. But, I mean, when you watch 
every game this season. And at some points, this is a very difficult season to watch. Oh my god. But I but I mean like I think I like Caden Smith. He's he's a, he's a, he's an okay player. He's solid. Yeah. I mean I I I think Evan Ingram's going to be a giant next year to be honest with you. I'm going to have to be completely honest. If I had to say if I had a decision, I, I don't think he is, man. I think the Giants might want to upgrade at the tight end. Man. I, oh no, listen. If I had the decision, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have him as my tight end next season. Okay, okay. So you're saying, you're right, because I phrased it in a way that you think the Giants will keep him, not would you keep him? Yeah, I think the Giants are going to keep him. That's fair. That's very fair. I think. I don't think they let him walk. I mean, how do you let the guy walk? Or in a trade, what what would you get back? I don't. I don't see any team giving up a first round pick for him. I mean, get another Pro Bowler for him. <laughs> yeah, Pro Bowl tight end. You can't even get a first round pick for him. It's, yeah. It's kind of funny. <laughs> But if you're not going to get a first-round pick and you might, you might not even get a second-round pick, I think it's just best to keep him and manage your asset. and just You have another year of it. Might as well just let him play yeah. and finish out the deal and see where we are in a year from now, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, now, Giants win, 19-23. Great win. You know, Giants fans are happy. They're hyped. You know, all we need to do is Eagles to lose. I mean, sorry, Eagles to win. So we wait around six hours, seven hours, waiting for this Eagle game. We're fly, Eagles fly. We're rooting for them. Yeah, I mean, I I tweeted fly, Eagles fly twice with a fucking (laughs) gif of Jalen Hurts. And, I mean, I was in pain typing those tweets. Yeah, it was definitely not easy for the Eagles. The Eagles kind of showed why it's so freaking difficult to root for them. But anyways. Yeah, without a doubt. Game starts, and the Redskins go up 10-0 quick, easy, mm-hmm. and you're just like, oh, crap. The, the Giants have no chance. The Eagles are going to lose. But Jalen Hurts, was he was playing really well. He was playing very well. Got him back in the game. I think they actually went up at halftime. Oh, uh, yeah? No, I'm, was it at halftime? Or maybe after halftime, they go up, and you're just thinking, like, you know, they have a – the Eagles can win. They the defense is playing great. The pass rush is doing good on them. Jalen Hurts was I thought he was having a great game. I thought he was making some tough throws on the run, getting out of the pocket, rushing the ball. Yeah, I mean I'm gonna be honest, I haven't watched much football this season besides the Giants. Mm. But I mean this is this might be like one of like the only like five games other than the Giants that I've watched this season. Mm. And I mean, I thought I didn't think Jalen Hurts played bad enough to warrant what happened to him. Yeah. Let's talk by any means. Before we get to that, let's talk about the decision when it was fourth and five, I think, on the yep. on the on their on the Redskins five, the football team's five. And Doug Peterson, instead of kicking the field goal to tie the game, decides to go for it. I mean, if that wasn't an omen for him trying to lose that game, I don't know what is because Yeah. That I think at that point he just really showed like, Yeah, I'm here to take Yeah, I'm I, I have I have no desire to win this game because how do you not kick the field goal right there tie the game and give yourself a chance to you know get one stop and go up you know the next drive yeah i thought that was bad i'll give him a little credit because if jalen hurts made a better throw on that play it's a, yeah. it was a touchdown i mean the, the i don't know what receiver it was but receiver gets open late jalen hurts had him under through the ball ball bounces now it's redskin ball yeah yeah and uh, the, the the game plays out. 
here comes the fourth quarter, right? And, I mean, Doug Peterson does, like, the unthinkable. He takes out Jalen Hurts. The only reason they're really in the game. Their best chance to win yeah. the game. Doesn't even put in Carson Wentz. Listen, if he wanted to lose, he should have put in Carson Wentz. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> but he put in Stuppard? How do you pronounce his name? Nate Sudfeld. Sudfeld, okay. The guy who's been on the team for four years. He's been on the bench. He's a third, fourth string quarterback. And Doug Peterson decides, okay, let's let's see what this guy got. Like, we don't know yeah. what the hell this guy has been doing for four, four years he's been on the team. I mean, <laughs> like, no, like, it's so frustrating because it's not about the fact that, you know, we wanted them to win because we're Giants fans. It's about the respect of the game. It's about trying to win. I mean, the, you know, the NFL pushed their game to a primetime game because this game, yeah. this game mattered, you know. It might not have mattered for the Eagles, but it mattered for the rest of the NFL. I mean, it mattered for the Giants. It could have mattered for the Cowboys if they had won. It definitely mattered for the Redskins because they needed to win this game or else they weren't making the playoffs at all. And I felt like he undermined the NFL as a whole. You know, it was, I honestly, I, I was disgusted when he made that decision. I mean, it's just no respect for the game. On How do you feel about it? I mean, you know, as a Giants fan, it was, uh, this game was like, you know, so much like anxiety building up and shit, waiting to see what's going to happen. Eagles aren't playing like half of their fucking Starters, players. Yeah. But like, you know, Jalen Hurts, because Jalen Hurts playing for his job. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not like he's just there to fuck around. It's not like he has the starting position locked up. He still has to deal with Carson Wentz if he doesn't get traded. I think it's kind of messed up because they lose that game. They get a higher draft pick. But that draft pick, uh, it, they, it's a good quarterback class. I mean, taking Jalen Hurts out, that if they like a quarterback come draft time, that could be his replacement. I mean, I, I think that's messed up. You, you take him out like that, don't even give him a shot to finish the game. And then yeah. there, now there might be some implication there. I mean, what if, what if you know, Justin Fields is there at their pick? What are they going to do? Are they going to take him? What, what happens? You know, it's, I feel like it was really uh-huh. messed up. They kind of undermined. Jalen uh, um, Jalen Hurts, Hurts. For sure. yeah, and I think something like that really fucks up like team chemistry and shit like that. Like, how does Jalen Hurts trust Doug Peterson if he makes it if he doesn't get fired? That's a, that's, Which I don't think he will. That's a great point. I think that I you know I wouldn't be stunned if he got fired, but I also wouldn't be stunned if he got a job. That's where I am with Peterson. Yeah, I mean, I, I think something like that really just messes up progression in a the player, their confidence. And all around uh, team chemistry. I mean, you saw um, there was a video yesterday of uh, Carson Wentz, Jace Peters, yeah, and Kelsey outside like hours after the game, just talking. Yeah. About like what, like what the fuck just happened? I don't know that shit. They definitely weren't talking about uh, what they're doing in the off season. Not to be that. Off season plans. I mean, they they yeah. they were talking about like you know what the hell just happened. Like I don't know how if you're Doug Peterson, how do you look your players in the eyes? Fifty three. People, you have fifty-three man roster, fifty-three people in the clubhouse or the locker room. And how do you say? How do you tell them that? No, I was actually I wanted to win this game. You know? Yeah, I think he said after he goes like, someone asked him like, yeah, what was the decision on that? He goes, yeah, I was coaching to win. Like obviously, you weren't. <laughs> like your best chance to win is with Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. You've practiced with Nate Sudfeld. You know he's not ready to play fucking NFL in the NFL. Yeah. He looks scared. <laughs> He he looks scared half the time. He is what he is, a third string, fourth string guy. Yeah. You know, 
I mean, I'm thinking, you know, I mean, we, we don't, obviously, Giants fans were upset, right? Mm. We can't blame it all on the Eagles because there are a lot of games where we could have won. Yeah. Like, by three points, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, just the way that the Eagles went out was just really sad. Like, if they lost with Jalen Hurts, I like I I can't be mad. You know, they tried. But it's like, the benched him. He has he has the the only scores on the team, and they bench him. Because Doug Peterson makes, like, a bonehead call, goes for a fucking fourth and five touchdown when he could just tie it up, and then he benches him for his shitty play calling. I don't understand that. That was just insane to me. Mm-hmm. Listen, you ne- when it comes down to it, when the season's week 17, you never want to rely on someone else, on other team, lo- winning yeah, or losing. Yeah, without a doubt. You got you know, you to control your own destiny at some point. You know, 6-10, and 10, that's not going to get you into the playoffs any other year but this year, really. You know, so there's some of these games. I thought the Rams game. I thought even week one against the Steelers, I thought we had a good chance. The Bears mm-hmm. game early. Uh, the Philly game. The Philly game. The first Cowboy game when we reversed them, I thought that was one of you know, some of these games you just you can't start the season one and seven or whatever we were. You know, you can't dig yeah. yourself in a hole. Yeah. And sure. when the Giants had an opportunity to control their own destiny, they whiffed. Yeah. They had three games. They had Arizona, the Browns, and the Ravens. And all, yeah. all they had to do was win one game of those three, and they would be in a great position to win the division. But they don't show up. Albeit they they dealt with some injuries those two games. Daniel Jones getting hurt was definitely a big loss, and getting him back at not 100% healthy, it definitely affected the team and the chances of winning. But they didn't show up any of those three games. And then now, come week 17, you're racing the Cowboys, and now you have to rely not only on a win, but the Eagles to beat the Redskins. And that's not a, you never want to be in that situation. As yeah, without a doubt. It just, I mean, the way the Eagles went out, just really, you know, I mean, like, you're, you're going to let, this is this is how I'm seeing it. Like, you you essentially let Washington walk onto your field and just let them celebrate their fucking division yeah. in your home field. Their division, yeah, division win. Like, like I'm saying, if, if the Eagles tried their best, which I thought they did in the first three quarters to win, I can't be upset about yeah, that. Yeah, outside that field goal, though, the, the gophering, uh, they went for it on the fourth down. Other than that's that. At, that's at the point when the tanking started. Yeah. Though, at that point. That was like, uh, do you remember with the Jets, I think against the Raiders? Yeah, the cover zero. crazy-ass play. The, yeah, the yeah, cover yeah. zero. Yep. The Greg Williams. That's that's when I knew it was like, yep, they're, they're, they're tanking. You know, you give. But like, this is egregious. Listen, listen. You can give shit to the Jets all you want. But there's no doubt that the players, and even Adam Gates, who's horrible, he's got fired, thankfully. But <laughs> they they tried to win. They didn't. They didn't put. They didn't take Sam Donald out and put in freaking uh, third string Morgan. They, they they didn't do that. You yeah, know, I mean, Mike White. Yeah, like they they went out there and tried to win. Now they didn't win because they were bad and Adam Gates is horrible. But they weren't blank. Like they didn't take out Jalen Hurts and just say, okay, we want to lose. You know, they're very disrespectful from the Eagles. I don't I don't know. And you've seen the Giants players on Twitter. Present Giants, former Giants. I, yeah, all, all crazy. Brandon Jacobs is, was hilarious. He was like, 
he was just coming at the, the Eagles. And you you know Brandon Jacobs. Nobody hits the Eagles more than Brandon Jacobs. Yeah, without a doubt. Brandon Jacobs, man. Funny guy. There is um, there's an Eli tweet. I'm sorry, really quick. Mm. He goes, you know, this is why we don't like. Um, this is why we don't like the uh, the Eagles. Yeah. And then some Eagles player responded to him. I can't remember who, because I could give a shit less about the Eagles <laughs> if I'm being honest with you. Uh-huh. But he responded. He goes, "Yeah, well, we don't like you either." But it's like, okay, you don't like us, but I mean, y'all just went out so sad. Mm-hmm. Like. Sad, bro. That shit was so bad. I I don't know, bro. That was just it's terrible. I think you have to ask the whoever, whatever player that was. You like the football team because you did them a, a huge solid. I mean, you must, you know, you might hate the Giants, but I question if that they were rooting for their, the the football team to get in. I don't know, man. That shit. That what a game. Yeah. Listen, at the end of the day, I think as a season as a whole, a lot of ups and downs. A lot of positives, a lot of negatives, but, you know, I still think we're going in the right direction. Listen, it's our best record since 2016. <laughs> yeah, that's... That After we started 1-7, somehow we ended up getting a better one of the best records we had since we've made it to the playoffs. That's a very good point. That's kind of... It's kind of sad. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of sad. I'm not going to lie, but... Yeah, you're right, you know. This team has been kind of a shit show for the past how many years? Four years. Yeah. And now it actually kind of feels like, you know, we're heading in some kind of direction, you know? It feels yeah, like... You know, I'm excited to watch Giants football. Yeah. It feels like the there are more wins in our future than losses, right? Yeah, for sure. And let's talk about what the Giants could do to get more wins next season, right? Yep. Sounds good to me. Would, uh, so... What do you think their biggest need? Number one. What's their biggest need this offseason? I mean, I mean, do you want like a funny answer? You want a serious answer? Mm, let me get the serious answer first. Um, I mean, to be honest, I didn't think the O-line played that bad the last game. Mm. But I still think it could use improvement. Yeah, for sure. I I mean, this is true with any quarterback, but when Daniel Jones gets a clean pocket, he, he just looks so much better. Hmm. And I'm not ready to move on from Daniel Jones. Me neither. I, I I don't think he had a I don't think he had because I mean there's some Giants fans that just wanted to wanted his head like he didn't have he he wasn't playing like Carson Wentz bro like relax bro it's it's he he's he's okay. It's only his second year too. He, yeah, I mean I don't know. I think he needs a better line, obviously. Um, I don't know. Maybe I would love a quarter that could catch. That would be great. The second corner next to Bradbury. Yep. Fuck, because Bradbury playing his ass off. Jabril Peppers playing. I mean, our defense, I think our defense is really good. Mm. How'd you like uh, Julian Love at the second corner? I thought he played pretty good. Yeah, I think he played good too. He was he was, he was was in there, Brad. Like, every defensive play, he was there somewhere. Yeah. Doing something, which, you know, is good. I think I would like a, a competition there with Love. Because mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think I'm at the point where I would just, oh, Julian Love is our CB2, and that's it, you know? I th- yeah. I think we should uh, try to get a body in there, maybe a vet, or maybe someone through the draft, I don't know. And just to kind of compete, you know, give us some depth. Best man wins, comes next uh, training camp, you know? But my, I think my biggest uh, need for this team, I think, I think it has to be edge rush, pass rush, you know? 
Oh yeah. I, I watching watching Chase Young yesterday. Yeah. If the, it's like, oh my god. <laughs> if uh, the if the Giants can get one of those, one of one of a Chase Young on their team, man, this defense would. I think they can jump from you know maybe it's ten, ninth ranked defense because this year they were like around there. They could probably yeah. jump to top three with the they get a Chase Young type impact player on defense like that. I think that could be huge. I think you have three pretty good defensive linemen right now. Let's just assume they're back next year for the sake of it. Mm. You really need that guy off the edge to finish the tackles and to chase down these quarterbacks. To when they want to scramble out the pocket, you need someone off the edge flying to chase them down. Yeah, and go you know trip them up and stop maybe instead of a. 15, 20 yard gain. Maybe it's like only a three yard gain. And you're, and now it's second and seven. Now you have another chance, you know? So I think edge rusher is definitely something the Giants should be looking into via draft or free agency or maybe trade. I don't see a trade, but one of those two. Also, a true wide receiver one. Yeah. Because, I mean, Shepard's really good, but. More of a two. I don't. Yeah, for sure. I think we have like a bunch of wide receiver twos running around, mm-hmm. but we need that one true wide receiver. Yeah, someone that can, someone that can. You could throw those fifty-fifty balls in the end zone, or, or you know, in tight windows, and you you just know they're gonna catch it. Like, for example, I you I don't know if you, I don't think you watched the Packer game last night. Uh, last night. No, I didn't. Yeah, but the, I mean, you watch Devontae Adams. That dude is. Yep. That dude is. Adams is serious. That dude is. Uh, he's a special talent, man. I mean, it's like every play, double, double team, triple team. That guy gets open. I, that guy is. He's an animal. That guy is always open. I. He's he that we that's someone we can use on this offense. Someone that that gets separation, get open, make Daniel Jones' life a little easier. He's been consistent too for for years. Yeah. I mean, he's just now finally getting some long overdue respect. Around the league, yeah. Uh, how do you feel? This is a little, you know, a little question right now here. Who do you like more in the draft, Devontae Smith or Jamar Chase? All right, I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. You put me in a in a very tough oh, position I, right now. <laughs> I didn't mean to, man. You, you you know I don't know shit about college football. Uh, I mean, I think I, you know a little bit, right? I mean, I know who Devontae Smith is. Oh, okay, my bad, my bad. <laughs> you don't have to answer. Well, I wanted to. I, I wanted to ask. I wanted to like go through a bunch of mock drafts because I know you know. I know you watch college. I know you know a good amount about college football. Mm. I wanted to ask you about what you think about where they have the Giants picking and who they're gonna pick. So, because I have four different drafts and they all have four different players. Okay, so you can read it out to me. Just let's see. Because right, so, if I'm not mistaken, Giants have the eleventh pick in this draft, right? Yes, eleventh. Okay, so what does the mock so, draft say? This is cbssports.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, please sponsor us for our first episode. <laughs> CBS sponsored. Yep. Round one, pick 11. The Giants pick Devontae Smith, wide receiver out of Alabama. What, what do you think about that? I mean, we just said it. The wide receiver one is a huge need, you know. And yep. Devontae Smith yep. is arguably the best one. I mean, he's going to win the Heisman. My, yep. my thing, though, for that is I'm not sure – Devontae Smith makes it to 11. I think that's, yeah. I think, I mean, you know, it to win the Heisman as a receiver, that's kind of unheard of. I mean, that doesn't really happen. Yeah, I, I don't know much about college football, but I know that shit is very, very hard. Yeah, 
can I see a world where he falls to 11? Yeah, maybe, you know, maybe teams, they worry about his lower body because if you ever watch him play, his lower body is very skinny, very, very skinny. And that's for a good reason. You have concerns, you know, you know, think about injury history, think about longevity of his career. That could be a concern. Skinny legs, skinny frame, you know, how many hits can he take over a course of a year? So, can I see him at 11? Maybe. If he's there at 11, I'd be happy to draft him. Uh, you know, just roll the dice. He's a he's a great talent, but I'm not sure if he makes it there. Okay. Uh, this next one I have, SBNation.com, sponsor us. Uh, with the 11th pick, the Giants select Quiddy Pay, defensive tackle. Yeah, pay, yeah, yeah, Pay, the edge rusher. Uh yeah yeah um I like pay but I don't know if the eleventh pick I I don't know I think personally I think he's more of a mid first round guy late I I'm not I don't really I'm not a I'm not a big fan to be honest okay okay um I have this one from complex dot com. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the fuck Complex knows about sports. Okay. I only know Complex for music. I don't know what the fuck they know about sports, yeah. but they have a mock draft, so. Yeah. With the 11th pick, the New York Giants select Jalen Waddle. Waddle. Yeah. Um, wide receiver. Jalen Waddle is good, but I think that might be a little high for him. Right, I'm going to be honest. We, we could stop talking about this list because uh, the first line, when they talk about it, he said the Giants honestly need a quarterback. So oh, no. You got it. We don't need to talk about it. That one. I like Waddle. I think 11 is a little high. I think the sweet spot for him would probably be maybe 20s, mid-20s around there. I don't think 11. I, I don't think I'd take him at 11. I think from the Giants. I would probably be three guys I'd be looking at. It would be Jamar Chase, Devonta Smith, and maybe uh, Gregory Russo, the edge rusher from Florida. Those are three guys I would be looking at. But when it comes to draft time, you know, you can't draft position. You got to draft best player. And this is it's way early for the mock drafts right now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah it's way too early. I mean, we talk about them, but we we, mean, we, we can go back to this in like four months and it's gonna be completely different. Yeah, exactly. You know. Maybe Waddle's top five pick. Maybe Devontae Smith moves back. Probably won't, but mm-hmm. we'll come back to that at a different time. And then uh, Bleacher Report number eleven, Quiddy Pay again, Michigan. Nah, I'm I'm not a big Pay fan. A little too high. Yeah. Sure. All right, all right, I can see that. That for edge rushers this draft, I'm not really. I don't know. Edge rushers kind of a weak draft for edge guys. If the Giants want to take edge guy, I think they should probably. Either the trade down or maybe look at a day two guy. They want to address it that way. How about we talk about who's making the picks? Dave Gettleman. Dave, do you think Dave Gettleman's on the? Is, is he going to be here next year? Uh, I mean, you know, we just talked about how this is the best Giants record. Uh huh. And I mean, four or five years, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean, on the outside looking in. It looks like no, he's not probably not gonna get fired. Yeah, but this, but I mean, people have been calling it for his head for years. Not now. for nothing. The reason we have a this is six and ten is the best record. Dave Gettleman, he's been here three years. 
He hasn't yeah. done a lot of winning. Done a lot, a lot of winning on his record, on his resume as a giant a GM. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think it's really hard to fire a guy that drafted your franchise quarterback at six mm-hmm. when it was very controversial. People coming out his head, and he looked right. I mean, Dwayne Haskins is free agent right now. Definitely. Yeah, that that was insane. Then he out of nowhere. Then he, I mean, not out of nowhere, but yeah, just you wouldn't have predicted it back during the draft, right? Yeah, for sure. And then he goes out and has an amazing offseason. I mean, he brought in the Leonard Williams trade we talked about a little bit. I mean, that trade. Blake Martinez. Blake Martin. The trade looks a lot better now. Blake Martinez, Pro Bowl, Bradbury. That was a steal. I mean, look at what um, look at the the, the Miami CB Byron Jones got. He got way more money than Bradbury, and yeah, he he's not really. He did not play as good as Bradbury. He, he did not play good at all, really. He was up and down, Byron Jones. And he, he said, okay, we don't want to pay Byron Jones that money. Let's get Bradbury cheaper, better. That was a that was a home run signing right there. Pro Bowl corner. You don't find Pro Bowl corners easy, you know? Yep. And I thought the draft, I thought he had a good draft, too. His some of his all the other drafts weren't as good, but the twenty nine the twenty But the last year, yeah. This the draft the this draft class was you look up and down the draft. I mean, we had Andrew Thomas, who was up and down, but I thought he finished his season strong. We uh-huh. talked about McKinney. We both love McKinney. We think he's a baller. He won the last game. He could pick. He should have had two picks. You look at guys mm-hmm. like um, look at Shane Lemieux. Got it. He became a starter. You look at Carter Coughlin. He was getting reps. He looked good. Cam Brown, guys like that. Tate Crowder looked really good this year. Um. The right tackle. Oh, I forgot his name right now. Matt Pert. Matt Pert. Mm. You know, he looks like yeah. Matt Pert looks like he could be a, a steal of the draft third round. 99th pick looking like a starting right tackle for us. So I think it's kind of hard to fire a guy when he's drastically improved the team. You know? Yeah. It's kind of hard. I mean, you can look at um, what's it called? Um, That Odell Beckham trade. I mean, yeah, that we got Jabril Peppers. When that trade happened, me and you were very upset. I mean, we were at a concert. <laughs> we were having a good time, and that ruined and then, that ruined our night. I mean, the the whole fucking the whole audience is like, yo, yo, they traded Odell. Yeah. This is the, Odell got traded. What the fuck's happening? Yeah, like the, out of nowhere during a concert. Like, yep. And then now looking at the draft, I mean, no, I'm sorry. Now looking at the trade, Giants. It was a great, great trade. I mean, Jabril Peppers. Yeah, I, I love Jabril Peppers. Me too. I love Jabril Peppers. I really, really hope the Giants, I don't know, Dave Gettleman, if he's here, I hope he calls up Peppers' agent. They rip up that rookie contract and get him on an extension because he yeah, really, that, that, he really, he's a, he's a real leader on the defense. Yeah, I, I love Jabril Peppers. He's just, you know, Jabril Peppers is one of those people you just want on your team because he hates losing. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's yeah, without a doubt. those are the type of people you need on your team. People that hate losing more than they like winning, you know, yeah, and that's the one real competitors, real on your team. competitor. First, I mean, he he there was a time a couple he's finished the year. He was our best player on defense. I mean, that guy was everywhere making tackles yep. around the line of scrimmage, playing back and deep safety. I mean, very versatile. I, I love, love. Uh, any other? Oh, one more question. Yeah, go ahead. I know I'm asking you a bunch of questions off there, but... No, that's fine. Jason Garrett. 
Is he a giant in 2021? <sighs> yes or no? I mean, can can you fucking can we? I mean, bro, like firing him after one season. It's yeah. And put putting Daniel Jones in another offensive uh, scheme, offensive scheme. Mm. So quick, like I mean, that would be what his. I think that would be his second and third in three years. Then yeah, we third. Shermer, Shermer, Garrett, and then you know coordinator X. Yeah, if we fire mm. Garrett. I don't think we fire him, hmm. just cause I think uh, some continuity. Yeah, I mean some of, like some of the plays that you saw this year is just like Jesus. Like what? What is uh? If what? What do you think? If we're being right? fair, are you still working for the are you still working for Dallas. <laughs> to be honest. If we're being fair, I don't think all the offensive problems was um on Garrett. Yeah, Let's, I'll put it this way: if ever everyone catches that uh. That ball back against the Eagles the first game, uh-huh. that's a win right there. I mean, so many big plays. I mean, how many – it's not Jason Garrett's fault that Evan Ingram can't catch a ball and he's popping them up and it's interceptions. And Daniel Jones had his struggles in the beginning of the year with the fumbles and the turnovers. And he loses Saquon first game. So, I'll yeah. – listen, I'm a very, very – I'm very hard on Jason Garrett, but I think there is – um. A possibility, like there's a reality where, if you improve the O line a little bit and you give him a real weapon, on you know maybe outside or a tight end, you improve the tight end, and you get Saquon back, of course. I think Jason Garrett can be a a functional offensive coordinator. I don't think I I'm not gonna look at this one season and say Jason Garrett's the worst offensive coordinator I've ever seen. No, I yeah. think it's been very tough new year. You know, everything going on around the world with COVID and everything, you know, kind of hard to get your hands on players before this season started. And then he had to deal with COVID himself. I don't know if he, I'm not sure if he got it or he was close. I think he got, I think he was close contact. But I think I would, I think I'd bring him back one more year and try to get him some more weapons and fix up the whole line. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. I would have to agree. I don't think you fire him just yet. It's way too quick, way too soon. For sure. And let's finish the let's finish this pod on a on a segment you wanted to do really badly. The re- oh yes. The reason for this entire podcast is because because yeah, Javin wanted to talk about his. Uh, I want to talk about the 2021 Pro Bowl. Uh huh. Specifically, specifically the tight end position. Yes, yes. I'd love to talk about the tight end. <laughs> All right, go ahead. So, the the tight ends for the AFC. Who, who we, got? we got Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller. Okay. Darren Waller is a beast, man. Yeah. I wish. Uh, sure. I wish. Uh, I wish Evan Ingram could be uh, Darren Waller. You see what he's doing in the Raiders. Say that. Because yeah. when we get to the tight ends for the NFC, TJ Hawkinson. He's okay. Who, I, I like him. Yeah, he's he's, he's um, a good. He was taking like. You take it really high. Was it six or seven? I think it was like seven or six by the Lions. Yeah, he was he was taking really high. Because uh, I remember because my friend's a Lions fan. Oh, yeah. And I laughed at him. I was like, ha, yo, Jeff did a tight end that high. And I mean, he's playing good, can I say? All right, who's the second but on the there list? Are some, there are some players, you know, that I thought definitely should have made the Pro Bowl over Evan fucking Ingram. <laughs> Who should have made the Pro Bowl over Evan? Well, hold on. Let me read you Evan Ingram's stats for the season. Mm. 
63 receptions. Okay. 654 yards. Okay. 10.3, uh, 10.38 yards per carry. I mean, yards per uh, Catch. reception. Mm. One TD the whole entire season. Mm. 109 targets. Nine drops. One fumble. All the volleyball passes. All the, all the interceptions. Okay. So, I did minimal research for this. I literally looked at two teams and was like, okay. I found two tight ends that are already better than Evan Ingram. That wise, yeah. And yeah. And should be in the Pro Bowl just by looking at the stats, because that's what the Pro Bowl is about, I think. It's it's just you look at the stats and you're like, okay, these players are gonna be in this game. And popularity too. It's not. Yeah. But who the fuck who the fuck's voting for Evan Ingram? <laughs> I know Giants fans didn't. I am okay, so I'm looking at Logan Thomas, Washington, right? Who, who had a big catch in that game, that Eagle game. Yep, he did. That he he that was that was a very impressive catch. He just went up and got it. That yeah. was very. You know, he was a quarterback. That really? Yeah, he was a quarterback. He was drafted as a quarterback. They converted him to tight end. What the fuck? Yeah. I didn't and even know that. Evan Ingram was drafted as tight end. He's still tight end. He sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Logan Thomas had 72 receptions, right? Mm-hmm. 670 yards, 9.3 yards per reception. So. More receptions, more yards, less yards per reception. Six TDs. Pretty good. That's, I mean, six TDs, that wins us. If if Evan Ingram gets like five more TDs in a season, that wins us some games. Yeah, for sure. 110 targets. Seven drops. Seven drops is a, is so, a lot. Yeah, but he's getting targeted the same amount as Evan Ingram. Catching the ball in the end zone more, more than him. Yeah. And this one, which I thought was insane. I agree with you on this one. Robert Tanyan. On the Packers. For Green Bay. 52 receptions. 586 yards. So, less less receptions, less yards than both of them. Averages 11.27 yards per reception. This is the big thing right here. 11 touchdowns. Yeah. 11. It's a lot. I mean... Fuck it, I don't even think our team scored 11 touchdowns this season. <laughs> That's 11 times more touchdowns than Evan Ingram. I mean, like, I understand that maybe they didn't put some people in because of, like, they're making the playoffs. And that's not even true because they're, I'm looking, they're Packers players that made it into the Pro Bowl. So, I mean, how does Robert Tanya not make it over Evan Ingram? You, you want to hear something funny, though? I just thought of this right now. Daniel yeah. Jones only threw 12 touchdowns this year. Robert Tanya on the Packers had 11 himself. <laughs> Got 11 himself. <laughs> but listen, listen. Th- those are two different things, though. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Robert, I mean, fucking Aaron Rodgers is slinging that shit. Yeah, playing at an MVP level right TDs. now. Yeah. He's like, slinging yeah, ice. <laughs> yeah. Danica Patrick going to have a an interesting time when she get home. I don't even think they're dating anymore. I'm just making shit up. I'm no, sorry. I think they are. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. But I mean, you know. How does Evan Ingram make the Pro Bowl? I don't understand. Looking at his stats, because this is like end of the year stats that I'm looking at, too. I I forgot when the Pro Bowl, um, fucking things got announced. When was it? December twenty first. Mm. So I mean, like, I don't know how you look at Evan Ingram stats and go, yeah, this guy should be the second tight end in the Pro Bowl. How? Mm. I don't get it. Do you think Evan Ingram making the Pro Bowl? 
is beneficial for the Giants or it hurts the Giants? In a sense that uh, maybe when it comes to contract negotiations, if they want to bring him back, he could be he could, he yeah. could easily say, "I was a Pro Bowler. I want to get paid X amount of dollars because I made the Pro Bowl." Or maybe in a trade, you say, "Hey, you could trade for a Pro Bowl tight end." You know, we cough up a second round pick, maybe. What do you think? Yeah, no, without a doubt, I I think it's the first part mm-hmm. where it's like. He's gonna want more money because he's a pro bowl. I mean, that happens in every sport. It's like people have like um, it's on his resume now. Contract, yeah, but people get like extra money in their contract. Like they have like extra money stowed away in their contract. Like if you make like in in the NBA especially, it's like okay, if you make the an All NBA team, mm. you make like an extra like ten million dollars or some shit like that. Mm. I forgot what player it was last year or like two years ago that it happened to, but it's like you know, you have you have something on your resume to show for it. And be like, yeah, I, I'm a pro bowler, so I mean, I think I deserve more money than whatever the fuck you're giving me, like one million dollars, hopefully. But I mean, maybe he wants two, and that's a little much. But I mean, yeah, I think it hurts the Giants in the long run, because I, I think, like, okay, if if we want to trade him, other teams look at him and be like, yeah, no, but I don't, I don't care that he's a pro bowler because he's not good. So some of the other tight ends that made the Pro Bowl, um, the highest paid tight ends this year. Have been Kittle, who's making about 15. Kelsey's about 14. Mm-hmm. Hunter Henry, about 10. So I think Evan Ingram's probably going to want maybe a little bit more than Hunter Henry. But less than Kelsey, obviously. So that would probably put him in the 11 to 13 range. And I'm going to be honest, I don't know if Evan Ingram's worth that. You know, 11 yeah, mil a year for a tight end that is shoddy on blocking and not really reliable doesn't have reliable hands see that's, see that's that's that was what i was gonna say next he's not even a tight end <laughs> yeah you you know i think about it sometimes you think if they just ran him out as a receiver you think he'd be uh better because you look at someone like chase claypool on the steelers who had a phenomenal year you know he's really like a tight end build like a small tight end build but they run him out as a receiver and he really he really stretches the floor the, the field for them yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm gonna be honest that uh, that that call he put on Sterling Shepard yesterday for that block, mm. that that might have been better than any block <laughs> I've seen from Evan Ingram this season. He he got be- like, he I- got better this year, but it's you know he's not a good, he's a serviceable blocker. And I mean, if you're a serviceable blocker as a tight end, you better be catching more than one touchdown a year. You know. Yeah. So I mean, Evan Ingram's gonna hate me. I'm gonna say this because I know he's gonna be listening. listen. I, I know he's gonna hate. Evan me. Ingram is really talented. I feel like a lot of his um, issues is between the between the ears. I think it's more of a mental thing. Mm-hmm. I you know it's 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 back it's it's crazy to think about how talented he is because he's so fast and he has so much talent. It's just it's four years already and he just doesn't he can't figure it out, man. Yeah. And I think we talked about Evan Ingram long enough. I think we're at the 56-minute mark, right? I think it's a... Uh, yeah, something like that. I think it's a good place to end it off. Any last uh, comments, anything? Um, you know, Giants had a good season, I think, all things considered. Mm-hmm. You know, started out 1-7. and seven, mm-hmm. Ended up 6-10. and 10, Best record in four years. Defense looked good. Um, 
one, one thing we didn't talk about at all this entire podcast. I don't know how we didn't. Joe Judge. We have our head coach. Yeah. We finally have our head coach since Tom Coughlin. We had McAdoo Shermer. But now it feels like we have our head coach and judge. And we're finally. We could safely say we have our head coach and we're finally going in the right direction. Uh, yeah, I agree. Joe Judge. Love the guy. He seems uh he seems like he, he really wants to win the games and like he's he's tough on the players and shit, but it's not like in a Matt Patricia kind of sense where he's just like being an asshole, but he's like motivating people, mm-hmm. you know? Because that's the thing with most Belichick uh Belichick fucking coaches. Mm-hmm. They all act like Belichick but they don't have any resume to show besides being a Belichick assistant mm-hmm. coach. But I think Joe Judge is playing. Joe Judge is playing into it very well. I think he's doing a good job. Yeah, I think key difference between Patricia and and Joe Judge is Patricia never really connected with his players. I think that's a big thing. He just didn't see eye to eye of them for whatever reason, and kind of, a lot of his former players hated him. But I think Joe Judge is definitely connected with these guys. These guys play hard for him. They love him. They run through a brick wall for him, and I think Giants fans should be excited of. Having Joe Judge for the foreseeable future as their head coach. Did I say Matt Patricia before? I did. Yeah. Right? Okay, good. I thought I fucked it up completely. No, Matt Patricia. Got uh, fired. But yeah. Yep, he got fired. <laughs> <laughs> my uh, my Lions friend, fucking ecstatic. <laughs> Should be. Him and Adam Gaze, I don't know who's worse. It's got to be Adam Gaze. Right? Yeah, I think it does. All right, so. It has to be. We'll wrap up this pod. We finished almost at an hour exactly. Uh, let us know if you like the pod. Maybe some feedback, some critique. Let us know. Uh, I'm Adam, and I'm joined by Javin. Javin. Yo. And we'll see you next time. Probably yeah, whatever that next is. week. Yeah, I'm down. All right. I don't got nothing to fucking do. <laughs> All right. So I'll see you guys later. All right. See you.